Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey nerds, welcome to episode 374 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, all by myself today, and I am super jazzed to tell you about today's episode, which is an interview I did with Dan Herring and Marcy Kate Connolly, the co-creators of the amazing uh, middle grade novel, The Star Shepherd. Um, This novel came about from an idea from Dan, who does a lot of really, really cool uh, kind of like graphic design and visual design work uh, as part of his day job and crafted this super fun story that Marcy Kate Connolly helped him uh, turn into kind of a full-length novel and they, they wrote it together. It is very Neil Gaiman-esque. It reminds me a lot of, um, honestly, Stardust or uh, The Graveyard Book. Uh, there's pirates and there's falling stars and there's robots and there's uh, monsters in the woods and it's just everything you could ever want in a middle grade book. It's almost like the way that it goes from scene to scene with different adventures and nonstop action. It almost reminds me of like a, a young, kind of like a middle grade version of The Princess Bride, uh, which I know is high praise and this book very much deserves it. Uh, there are phenomenal illustrations all throughout this book that Dan put together. Uh, the cover is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's so cool. Um, I know that obviously I work at Overdrive and we're a digital book company, but if you are a fan of middle grade books, definitely go buy a copy of this book because the cover is something you're going to want to display all over your house. It's amazing. You guys are going to love it. Uh, we talk all about the book and how it got created and how they formed their collaboration and how this kind of creating a story for Dan felt different than what he normally does in his day job. It was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, we got to nerd out about a whole bunch of stuff. And then they, uh, he signed my book, uh, my copy of the book, uh, in a way that incorporates the amazing illustrations. And I was, I was blown away. So I got to have this conversation, I believe it was back in New York City for Book Expo America. It's been a little while, but Um, The book comes out, if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, the book comes out tomorrow, September 10th on Tuesday. So either pre-order it, or if you're listening to this after Monday, go get it, borrow from your library, go get copies. Uh, It's really, you're going to love it. If people want to get a hold of us, you can always go to professionalbooknerds.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds. I mentioned this before, but if you're not following us on Instagram, be sure to do that because we are doing lots and lots of giveaways Uh, where we give away a whole bunch of books because we get phenomenal books all the time and uh, the stacks and stacks pile up and we really can't do anything with them because they're advanced reader copies. So we love giving them away to our our followers. So at ProBookNerds on Instagram, uh, check that out. We do frequent giveaways there. Then on Twitter, you know, we're just hilarious. So um, check us out there. Uh, You can email us as well, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Give us uh, whatever you're reading currently and we'll give you some book recommendations. Um, speaking of book recommendations and giveaways, Read an Ebook Day is coming up. It is September 18th. If you go to readanebookday.com, you can find some book recommendations and learn more about it. But basically, all you need to know about it is 
if you are uh, planning on reading a ebook or even just uh, currently enjoying one on September 18th, just use the hashtag ebooklove and tell us why you love ebooks or what you're reading. Uh, you can have a chance to win a free e-reader from Overdrive. We're also going to give away a whole bunch of Libby swag. And if you want book recommendations on that day from our full staff of librarians, again, just use the hashtag ebooklove. Uh, let us know the things that you're interested in. And throughout the day, we'll give away live uh, book recommendations. So going to have a lot of fun. Really excited to see what libraries, schools, and readers all around the world are reading and why they you know, why they love digital reading. It's, it's a fun day to be a part of. So um, give it some love if you wouldn't mind. Also, uh, peek behind the curtain, I created the holiday about six years ago. So I would very much appreciate if you uh, join in on the fun. Okay, I think that's just about everything. I'm uh, not going to keep you guys any longer. So I will just say that I hope you very much enjoy this conversation with Dan Herring and Marcy Kate Connolly, authors of The Star Shepherd on the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Adam again, still hanging out at Book Expo America, and today I'm joined by Dan Herring and Marcy Kate Connolly again. Hello, welcome back. Hello, thank you. And they both collaborated on The Star Shepherd, which is just this amazingly whimsical middle grade fantasy novel that I fell in love with. Marcy Kate was a past guest. You might know her for her Shadow Weaver duology. And Dan has a background in visual effects, which is super cool, and I want to ask you about that too. But first, thank you guys both for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And we love to start by having our guests kind of describe the book. And I know this is a collaboration, so I'll let you guys decide who's going to describe what and how. But okay. would you guys mind by getting us started with an introduction to the Star Shepherds? Not at all. Do you want to go first? So, yeah, it started out as a, uh, I studied animation in college, and I made this little short film afterwards based on this person who, when the stars fall, he rescues their hearts and returns them to the sky. And um, end up getting an agent, Kathleen Ortiz, and she's like, you should write a Millgrade story on this. And so I started putting together ideas, and we got um, connected with Marcia Kate, who's with the same agency, and she's like, I think this would be a great pairing for you guys. So then Marcia Kate got involved, and... Yeah, so uh, my agent, um, she got wind of this project and that Kathleen was looking for somebody who like writes kind of weird, dark middle grade. <laughs> Susie was like, yes, I know somebody who could do this. Um, and she sent me this wonderful synopsis that Dan had written. He had this full, very detailed synopsis, like 10 pages or something. Um, this wonderful story all thought out. Um, and the trailer, which is amazing. If you haven't seen the trailer, oh, you I've need to see the trailer. I have seen the trailer. It's can, so fantastic. Can we find a way to make that available to our listeners maybe? Okay, I'm getting a head nod. <laughs> it's so great. Um, and she sent me that, and um, she's like, have you had this project? Are you interested? Would you like to do this? And I, I read this, and I watched it, and I was like, I must be a part of this. What do I need to do? Do I have to audition? I was a little nervous. I had to, like, you know, get in line to, to get, get out of the project. And she's like, no, no, we just asked you. I'm like, great, sign me up. This is fantastic. So um, I, okay, so I want to ask about that trailer, because that was before I even read the book, Sourcebook sent me the trailer, and I was blown away. It's so gorgeous and beautiful thank and you it so much it made me want to have a whole movie of it which i know that <laughs> i then got to read the book but like hey, did you have object to that. <laughs> yeah right i know like would, i bet you also dan wouldn't object to that I'd like, be okay I, did you have a whole story fleshed out in your mind when you had that animation or like no so um there's a they had me do a shortened version a two-minute version so right. it's a four-minute short um and I just was like, you know, I've always loved stars, and that's something Marsha Kate and I really connected with, was just our love for the stars. And it just, 
when I got out of college, I was working for an animation studio, and I wanted to make my own little short thing because I wanted to get into like telling my own stories instead of just working on other people's stuff. And uh, so I just had this little idea of like what would happen if the stars fell and they had to be returned to the, st- the sky. And so I had that that four minute animation was the whole mythology. And then when I got in touch with with Kathleen, then we had to be like, okay, well, what is the rest of the mythology? What's the rest of this world? And so I, you know, plot a lot of stuff out, and then Marcia, Kate, and I got together, and we kind of collaborated on different ideas. And so, really, just that that trailer was my short film, and then that's what kind of started this whole thing. I, like I said, I know I'm gushing about this trailer, but I was like, <laughs> I auto, I was watching it at, in our office, and. I, I had headphones on because I'm respectful of the office <laughs> until I audibly gasped when I saw it like, in first, like the first shot I was like oh oh my and like someone looked over at me like what is going on and, like, I was trying to explain I was like it's a trailer but it's a trailer for a book and this whole thing but well thank you so much absolutely so how did the back and forth work for the writing of the book like did you guys were you able to collaborate in person as it was over like not in person. Um, he lives in Utah, and I live in um, near Boston. So mm-hmm. not in person. I think we had like one phone call, and mostly just beginning. email. Yeah, yeah. really. Email back and forth. Wow. Yeah. So was it like passages back and forth? I, I know I've, there's been authors who I've met who have collaborated that they'll do like a chapter, and then the other one will do a chapter. Like, how did so you this was more? So I had the synopsis. Yeah. So I gave that to Marsha Kate. Actually, she had started writing it first, and then she had yeah. some questions. And I'm like, did you get the synopsis? And, and she's like, no, send that over. So we, I think it was a different, another like, yeah. updated version or right. something. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so then she took that, she wrote the whole draft, and then we kind of went back and forth, like mm-hmm. altering things a little bit. She'd send it to me, and I'd make some changes, or if we had questions about things, we'd, we'd just email. I don't know why we never thought to call or Skype or anything. <laughs> but, like, I, you know, I'm more of an email person anyway. Yeah, same here. Like, I'm super awkward it's on like, the phone, so <laughs> I haven't met the person. It's like when I somebody's have, calling me, it's like, why aren't you texting me? Like, I know, exactly. So. The same way. So I think it works. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength like, there. That email worked out well. But it was also like, you know, as I was drafting, it was, you know, I could pick his brain and be like, so this thing here, what do you think of this? And what did you mean by this? Or is there more to this background of this than you have from the synopsis? And sometimes you say, yes, actually, there's all these great details I had in my head. Or, no, I didn't. If you think something else, run with it. And we bounce ideas off each other that way, too. So it was, it was definitely very much a collaborative effort. I imagine so. having, obviously, written novels of your own. Now, I imagine it had to be kind of a cool experience to have someone to bounce ideas off of as opposed to, you know, when you're creating your own world, it's... It was. You it's and kind you of, um, yeah. So I played in abandoned high school and we were horrible. But it's the idea <laughs> of like, you know, if you're sitting in your room with your guitar, you can come up with some cool stuff. But the idea of bouncing around ideas and like mm-hmm. having a group of people where you can kind of riff on each other right. and, and just can lead to some really cool things. Yeah. So, so the, is it similar at all to how you do like the visual effects work that you do? Because I know that you work on a team there. Yeah. But... So, I mean, uh, for instance, if you're on a movie, you're going to have, you know, a scattering of shots throughout the whole movie yeah. and you know no cohesion really at all uh-huh. um, and a lot of times at least where I, in my position we had no idea what the script was a lot of times and things uh-huh. like that so at least this time we knew the story um, <laughs> but yeah it's very collaborative um, but there's a lot more freedom in what we did because we're making it all up yeah so that's, that's right. a really good point yeah it's the visual effects stuff you, like you said you're not, you're not controlling the script at all the so creativity is like how can I solve this problem yeah because like, there's five people above you that know uh-huh. exactly what they want and they want you to achieve it it's like okay how am I going to get there this way is more, more fun to me because it's like how what cool things can we come up with yeah right you have a lot more freedom to um, that problem. so I'm the, 
if, as people flip through the book, and I know that I'm a digital company, but I want to suggest people get the physical copies as well, just because there's these gorgeous sketches in there. Thank you. I'm guessing those are you, Dan? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's been amazing if Marcy came. You're like, no, I, I actually drew those. <laughs> I can't draw to save my life. I, so. <laughs> so did those come along before everything was written out, or did you kind of write and decide, like, okay, um, I want to do... I think some of them did. So, they? yeah, so basically what happened was we were kind of... Um, I was trying to figure out what the style I wanted it to look like was. Yeah. Um, I had done the, the map a few years ago, or a few years before we um, got connected, and I just sat down one night and I drew this one. Um, so this is one of the star podcast audio medium. So I'm yes. just gonna tell. Sorry. <laughs> so, no, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the burlap. Um, there's like this. The main character with like a burlap. The, I love the burlap sack. Yeah. Stars. Oh, sorry. I'll let you describe. The no, no, sorry. no, no. You're doing a good job. Um, I was just saying, like, I sat down because my wife and I were talking. She's like, "Well, what kind of style? Do you, what do you want it to look like? Like, if you can make it look like anything." And I did this one. I'm like, I think that kind of nails what I want the feel to be. Yeah. And not like, because like so many um, books have very finished looking art. Yeah. Very. I mean, they're, they're amazing, but that's just not what I want. I want something more, a little more raw and just like, uh -huh. I like the black and whites and any kind of, yeah. kind of look. So. It, they almost remind me of when you see cells, where like, like, cell, like the original cells that you would see from uh, an animated film, but it's the cells that don't have the backgrounds. Right. That's like what it was reminding me of, of like, I was imagining if it was like cells of, or like um, pieces that you might see from like the movie Stardust from Neil Gaiman, which is nowhere near as good as the book, but it's okay. <laughs> but like that, but I really liked movie. the uh, Robert De Niro character. Yes, like, he was way better in the book. And I know people have kind of compared this to Neil Gaiman yes, type yeah. work, which is which a, is a, a little honor. Yeah. good for praise. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't write that. Just so you know, yeah, I didn't. Did I did not, not make that, that part, comparison. But we don't object to it either. Yeah, right? no, but so, it is, and like the. Did you have anything to do with the, the cover art as yeah. it? I did the color. Did I did the, the whole thing, yeah. Okay, so um, the cover art is something where I think people will immediately... Um, Sourcebooks, you guys, publisher, like once a month or so, sends me a box of books-ish. <laughs> and nice. um, I, you can always, you know, they, sever, they say never judge a book by its cover, but this just stands out. I can't uh, say how many people have walked on my desk and just said, what is that book? Until you see the final one. It's amazing. Oh, they, yeah. They it's, beef uh, it up a little bit? It's, it's yeah. shiny. And it's, it's so it's, shiny it's, it's awesome. and lovely. Yeah. And it's, it's, obviously it's like this, but it's, yeah. yeah. I, even that, even better. I just love it so, so much. Thank you. They're amazing to work with. Like, yeah. they just, they basically gave me a lot of freedom. I came up with like three designs. This was the, one of them had this guy in it and then different things in the background. And, um, they, uh. So they gave me, they're like, oh, we like that. But it was like, it was one of the bad creatures. And they're like, that's a little scary. So can you do some things with it? And what we wanted, what we kind of, from the beginning, our idea was to do like a classic children's book of fairy tales. Yes. Like that kind of a feel. And um, I had done a few different versions. And then I was like, well, going back and looking at those, like, what do they have in common? And it's like, oh, swirly things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I just did this version kind of as a last minute uh -huh. thing, like with all the swirly things. And that's what they decided liking. So. Yeah. I'm so... I, these are the types of books that I always read growing up. These like fantasies and kind of like you said, sort of like fairy tale and fairy tale adjacent kind of books. And I like to think that it made me a much more creative person. But I, I'm curious, like, how do you guys think the style of fantasy books help young readers and their creativity? Because to me, I just think it gives you so much space to plan. But I'm kind of curious if you guys feel the same way. 
Yeah, totally. I and mean, I think the great thing about fantasy is it's, a, it's an escape in a lot of ways. I mean, that's, I know when I was growing up, I loved reading fantasy books and fairy tales in particular because um, it was very much, it was an escape. And, you know, you got to go into this fantasy world and, and live there for a little while, which is a fantastic thing. Um, it's also, I think, it's a great way to deal with tough topics, too. I mean, we don't really tackle too many tough topics in our book in particular, but um, there's another one that his mom has passed away, and so yeah. that's one is, you know, alienation from his father. There's certainly some family issues. But it's a way that kids can, can look at those topics and see those topics happening that's not so immediate to them. And they can, you know, if they're, it's too much, they can put it, the book down. Yeah. You know, is that it's an optional thing, basically. But it's, it's such a great way to open up those worlds and, and bring that imagination forward. I yeah, think. absolutely. I wasn't on Twitter. I was looking at this quote because I knew I would. No, yeah, you're good. <laughs> but there's a C.S. Lewis quote, and he says, Since it is so likely that children will meet cruel enemies, let them at least have heard of brave knights and heroic courage. Yeah. And I've always loved that idea of like, you know, these stories aren't contemporary and they're not dealing with, you know, a lot of stuff. Yeah. But, but there's stories of hope and heroism and mm-hmm. bravery and things that like people can take from that and yeah, heart. I, there's a lot of heart I think, in the book. Yeah, and yeah, I, there's the there's not to continue harping on Neil Gaiman, but I think he has a quote as well, something about like fantasy teaches us not just that dragons exist, but the dragons exist and they can be defeated. Yep. And it's yeah. like that's sort of like and you're absolutely right, there's this the you know you say you say that there aren't a ton of heavy topics and you're like Oh, he does his mom and his dad abandons him. His mom dies. You know, yeah. There's a dog, and the dog is there's a dog that makes things better. The dog lives. The dog lives. Spoiler. That's not a spoiler. spoiler. There's a whole website about that. I know. Doesthedoglive.com. I'm sorry. I could never kill a dog in a book. I can't do it. I'm not gonna lie to both of you. When I I started reading this, I was like, this is middle grade, so I feel like I'm safe. And I was holding my breath. If I was involved in the book, you were safe with the dog. I can't. I can't do it. Okay. All right. This gets a good note. We're big dog lovers. But no, it does feel I said there's so much heart in it and like, your main characters say the friendship that they have it, I think that's so inspiring especially for kids who are in like middle grade and about to be entering high school when they're experiencing these emotions for a lot of the first time and like showing people how powerful friendships can be like, I, that, I think that was something that showing these two young characters who are so willing to do anything for each other I, that was I assume it, I assume that was put in there on purpose to kind of uplift people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, like you said, it's just I've got kids that are going from elementary school to middle school, so mm-hmm. they're kind of in that that realm, and just it's hard because I see what they're going through, and it's like all you really need is a friend, like one good friend that you can be with, yeah. like can mean so much and make such a big change in your life. And it was just kind of it was pretty natural for these two characters to be become friends. I think. Yeah, agreed. So. I'm curious about the various... I mean, this book has there's pirates and there's robots and there's <laughs> stars that are falling out of the sky and there's monsters and there's, like, darkness and, like, literally every single... Something for everyone. Every single turn of, like, a page, I was like, that oh, reminds me of Iron Giant. That reminds me of Neverending Story. Like, there's so much in here. And I'm just curious, like, Dan, do you think your background in creating these things for visual mediums do you think that they help oh my god they're literally okay so everyone else can see this at a later date but there is in one of the drawings i did not notice that before there's literally iron giant but i don't know if we can trouble for that okay all right i'm ahead of myself inspired by um but uh do you think that your background in like visual effects and things like helped add these characters or is this something that you guys worked on together to add in i mean a lot of it was just like 
things I, I find cool and uh-huh. exciting. And, you know, I, I realize that there's a lot that happens in it, and it's kind of a, a breakneck pace for a lot of it because um, they're going from one place to another. Yeah. And, but it just, um, that's what I like. I like stories like that. Right. And, um, I didn't want I didn't want to do like a steampunk world uh-huh. per se because that it seems like there's limitations to that or a robot with just monsters like why not have, why not both yeah right? like <laughs> and pirates so, yeah and pirates yeah <laughs> well I, it's interesting somebody I was talking to this morning who also happens to be in middle grade they described it in a way that I never understood before and I think we're talking about the breakneck pace it makes sense for your book as well it's like when people write a middle grade book. The difference between middle grade and YA is like yes, there's slightly less adult relationships, but also it's there has to be that breakneck pace because the people that you are trying to reach, they need the last page of every chapter to want them to keep. It's almost like writing yes. suspense novels yep. for kids. Definitely. And and I, I'm I'm sure you have you know you have experience kind of doing the same thing. Like, does it feel that way to you? Like that you need to find a snappy end to each chapter definitely yeah i think that's that's and that's what's the hardest part when you're revising is trying to figure out what's the right note to end each chapter on um because sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be that moving along in a breakneck pace but it needs to be paced well just in generally and have like that right ending point that feels like the right note um and sometimes it's a quiet note and sometimes it's a very much like a oh we gotta keep reading note yeah uh, but either way you want to keep turning the page and that's always so many I have to think about the endings are endings are hard yeah. <laughs> well but I, I think you guys did do like Dan you were talking about how there's a lot of characters and types of characters in here but I, I feel like a lot of times people might be a little afraid to say like oh well this is a story about monsters stealing stars but also there's robots like I, it's a middle grade book and it's fantasy and pirates right. I, I feel like if you just say like yeah, there's a pirate ship here, and because they need to get across the ocean, why wouldn't it be a pirate ship? Like, I think if you just put it in there, first off, kids are gonna love it. Like, and you, Oops. I like pirates. You know. Right? Yeah, you're like great. Yeah, so do I. I mean, it's like yeah, I feel like you just want it. You want to write to the people who you know are gonna. Absolutely. Well, and again, it's like, like, um, look at what Brandon Sanderson has done for the fantasy genre. Yes. And it's like he has broken down so many barriers. It's like, why couldn't why couldn't you have a fantasy book with huge swords and yeah. like these costumes or whatever whatever they call them um so like i, I love fantasy but i don't want to be stuck to the limitations of a certain kind of like high fantasy or steampunk or whatever like just you know let's just tell a fun story that might incorporate elements of all these different things and if we can tell it well and incorporate them together and make it work smoothly why not um we mentioned the iron giant or maybe we didn't if i cut that out um then we talked about you know game of like what were some of the types of books or stories that you guys drew on as inspiration for the content that you guys put in this book? Um, I think for me just generally and for pretty much everything that I write, fairy tales, always like that mood of fairy tales, uh-huh. that tone and the setting, there's always that, that's what I always go back to. And I, yeah. I like to reread them and go back to them and that's that's always a great source of inspiration to me, especially if it's going to have a little darker tone and, and this was no exception for that. And how about you? Um, you, you saw the trailer, so you probably felt the Tim Burton influence. Yes, so, definitely, I mean, definitely. I will, that's not even well hidden. It's just that <laughs> I, I love his stuff. Um, his, his early work was amazing and, and very genre-defying. And uh-huh. he didn't stick, like, what kind of a story is Edward Scissorhands, right? I mean, yeah. just things like that. And so that kind of inspired me, too, in this. And then Neil Gaiman is amazing as well. So 
if you guys get a full-length movie out of this, I want some, like, Boingo Boingo, like, <laughs> All I right, want yeah, the music. We'll get Danny Elfman. Yeah, I want some Danny Elfman. <laughs> like, I'm That'd thinking, be amazing. Those, yeah. Uh, I honestly, like, with the so burlap, like, stars and everything, I almost got, I'm speaking of him, like, some Nightmare Before Christmas kind yeah, of vibe. Yeah, definitely a vibe from that. Absolutely. Very much my jam. I was, yeah, I, I just can't, I don't know, there was something about the simple idea of taking these things in the sky that are, as Timon and Pumbaa would say, these balls of gas billions of miles away. But, like, you take them and you just make them a small little glowing thing in this burlap sack. And it was just, I don't know, I, this isn't really a question, but it's, like, it's just such a simple, like, beautiful idea of being, like, they're falling. Put it back in, and I don't know. I, it just makes me so happy. Like, I, again, this isn't even a question. This is bad yeah. podcasting. It's okay. Well, I'm glad it makes you happy. Again, we both love the stars so much. Absolutely. And, I mean, I've always kind of been kind of protective of my idea of what the stars are, and like, they're not just balls of gas. Uh-huh. They they have meaning. They're they have interest, They have value. And I don't know if you felt that way too, but like, somebody's like, oh, shooting stars isn't really shooting stars. Blah blah blah. I'm like. Shut up, nerd! Like, yeah. <laughs> don't don't tell me your science. Uh, like, let me have my yeah. my my dreams, right? Yeah. So. Well, I mean, for over, you know, throughout history, they've meant you know, constellations have meant so much to so many people, and you know, entire like civilizations have used them as mythology yeah. and, and various things. So, I mean, I'm, there's so much behind them that that we attribute to them as humans that than just the fall of gas, the, yeah, the technical. Yeah, you can yeah. break it down too. You know? Yeah, I love the shut up nerd. I love it. <laughs> um, so, Marcy Kate, long-time listeners will probably remember. I just mentioned a few years back we were talking about Shadow Weaver, which now had a duology with Comet Rising. Yes. It was so good. Thank I got, you. So that was another book that Sourcebook sent me. And speaking of speaking of awesome covers, oh, they did such a wonderful job on those yeah. covers. My but you are also you're working on a new story, but in that same world, right? Yes. And they we just revealed the cover this week too. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. It's called Hollow Dolls. And if you've read the Shadow Weaver duology, it features a minor character in that series called Simone. She's a mind reader. It's her own story after the events of Common Rising. So it follows that pretty quickly after. Um, And she um, is trying to find her home and encounters um, this talent called a body walker, which is um, one that the the big bad in the other series used um, to control her little minions. And this this person is back on the loose and she has to evade them. And find her home. And do you guys see yourselves? Are you allowed to talk about collaborating on more stuff potentially? I'm We'd looking like at your papa sales seeing if I'm allowed to ask those questions. I mean, everything is TBD. We we can't make any promises. Uh-huh. We're we're talking we'd, about putting together another idea. Yeah, we'd yeah, love to we'll stay see. in this world a little bit longer. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Awesome. But but just hearing Marcy Kate describe her book is like why wouldn't I want to work with her and her amazing <laughs> ideas? Like, she's Thank you. perfect match, it I, seems like. Yeah, so. I, yeah, we're on the same wavelength, which yeah. is nice. You know, I can definitely see well. that, yeah. I mean, I'm still blown away that all I did was email back and forth. <laughs> um, so you may remember this, but at the end of our podcast, we do what we call the Nerd Nine. So it's nine right. lighthearted questions. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask you them again, and then we'll look back and see if they're the same. So just nine lighthearted questions, and I'll, I'll just kind of ask you both back and forth. And I'll make you, I'm going to make you both answer each one of them. <laughs> So the first one is, do you remember the last book you finished reading? So, Dan, I'll let you start. Um, you, you look like you shook your head yes, and Marcy Kate's kind of freaking out a little bit. The last book, I... Because I, I do audiobooks and books at the same time. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Do you know? It could be an audiobook what? as well. Can, do you know? Because I'm trying to remember what it was. If I or, or something you're I currently reading. I actually do reading. remember. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, 
Ever since I had a child, I have read so many fewer books where it's just been all writing when I have free time. I read The Bone Guard uh, by Heather Kasner. Oh. It's coming out in... It's being mailed to me right now. It's August or October. I think uh -huh. it's August, I want to say. It's, it's fantastic. Uh -huh. It's this wonderful book about this girl who's made of dust and bone and imagination. And it's this wonderfully creepy little thing. It was right up my alley. Oh, for middle grade amazing. fantasy. It's so great. Highly recommend. Yeah. It's, I just found out that it's... Because I'm on, on ARC tour with the debut authors, and it's in the mail. So it's hopefully so when I get home, it'll be there. That I'm is so awesome. excited. Um, can't think of what I just finished. I read a lot of comic books, so it's probably a Batman comic. Yeah. But I'm currently reading Over the Moon by Natalie Lloyd. Uh -huh. I love her stuff, and this is another one. I just I love her way of writing. That's awesome. So. Um, do you guys have a favorite place to read? Couch. Couch. That's yeah. kind of seems to be ends up being. That's fair. In bed usually. Yeah. Okay. Well, you said audiobooks. So I don't know if maybe it's like traveling or something. Well, I, I listen to books on my, my commute, and I've gotten some really through some really tough ones. Like yeah. some, so I want to get rid of. Or not good. I want to read a lot of classics, uh -huh. and some are so hard to get through. Where it's like, okay, I'm going to be in the car for 40 minutes. I might as well listen. To I it. did. So I'm a giant Russian literature nerd. Oh, cool. Anna Karenina. Bragg. Yeah, I've done oh. Anna Karenina and like, you know, Dostoevsky, Brothers Karamazov. But I had never done War and Peace. Uh, Beginning of this year, I did War and Peace as an audio. 61 hours. Oh my god, good luck. Yeah, Lord. I'll tell you what, War and Peace makes like a great 30 hour audiobook. And then there's just 30 hours yeah. of him like talking about someone rolling over who's dying, and I'm like, oh my god, I get to well, the point. And then is it wow. like in a Karenina where they're talking about like, you know, ec Russian economics oh, like back yeah, then? Oh, yeah, so much Russian economics. Like, oh, yeah. I don't care. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, it's, uh, it was great. I'm glad I did it, but I could never have read it. Up. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Never have read it. Have you read um, The Master and Margarita? I've not yet. It's so good. You yeah. need to read that. I read it years ago, and yeah. I barely remember what it was about, but I remember loving it so much okay. that I read it. It's so good. I highly yes. recommend. I actually, and I've told the story before on the podcast, but um, my grandmother had dementia when I was like all throughout my life. Like, so I didn't really know her, know her, but my dad always told me she was a massive reader, and when she finally passed away, they, my family knows what I do for a living. They're like, do you want to go see what books? She's like, nothing of a, like value, but go take whatever you want. And I've always loved Russian literature. And I went up, and she has these like 150 year old copies of oh, plays wow. by Ibsen and Tolstoy. And I took them. Like, I'm afraid to even open them. But, like, I have. Are you these, sure like, they're not worth something? Uh, they're like <laughs> that's they're like made out of like sand at this point. They're okay, just kind of, like, falling yeah. apart. <laughs> that's but, like, I looked at it. I was like, wait, Grandma likes Russian literature. And, like, yeah, she loved it. I was like, how is this ever? <laughs> Aww. Whole thing. Um, awesome. This is, I get sidetracked all the time <laughs> with these questions. It was a great tangent. Thank you. Uh, do you remember the book that kind of made you fall in love with reading as a child? So I remember getting so excited for kindergarten because I was going to learn how to read. Yeah. I remember that. And then we had a bookmobile. We grew up in a really small town. Every two weeks, a bookmobile would come through. And I remember getting Redwall by Brian Jacques. Yeah. And I read it and I loved it. And this was, of course, many years ago before internet and anything like that and then I could never find it again for a long time and then eventually I found out it's a whole series and everything and so but Redwall is one I always go back to is like just sparking my imagination yeah that actually is one of the ones that I always loved too when I was growing up with Redwall series um, I don't remember which one actually sparked my love of reading because I was reading like from a very young age like everything I get my hands on yeah um, but that and then um, the Dark is Rising sequence I loved that by Susan Cooper big fan of that. still holds up. I reread yeah. it a few years ago. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I'm, um, uh, um, I'm redoing the His Dark Materials right now because the show's about to come out. That's right. Yeah, and I'm like just about finished with the, the original trilogy and I'm just like, man, 
first off, why did my mom let me read this as a kid? But also, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, That's one I haven't read yet. I need oh, to get it's it. If you do the audiobook, the audiobook is one of the, um, it's like a... Ensemble. An ensemble, thank you. Oh, yeah. nice. That's and, awesome. And it sounds, and Phil Pullman does the narration, and he sounds like, um, oh shoot, who played Hannibal Lecter, drawing a blank? Oh, um, Sir oh. Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yeah. He, he sounds like Anthony Hopkins, so it's very sweet. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, what is one place you like to travel that you have not yet been able to go to? France. France? I always want to go to France. Paris. And Ireland. So I, I went backpacking. I went to France. It's beautiful. But Ireland, nice. I didn't get to Ireland. That's another one. Uh, that and I'd love to do Asia, too. Nice. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite holiday to celebrate? Halloween. I could have guessed that. <laughs> oh, that would have been well, a shock. Well, actually, from Halloween to Christmas, that whole season is right? the, best. the best. So I really like Christmas. I don't like the fact that it's cold. Right. So it's a time between that like my birthday, which I consider my own personal holiday, because that's in the spring. So... <laughs> That's kind of a I will accept right your birthday. That's fair. You're the only one who gets to celebrate that. Um, are you a cat person or dog person? Dog. Dog. We Cock. do have a couple cats, but... Cats are nice, but I'm allergic to them, so... Uh, yeah. Dog will, person. You, you and my wife. Uh, coffee or tea? I used to be, like, a huge coffee drinker. Uh-huh. And I've been just trying to stay back from it a bit. It's just a lot... I don't like going to bed every night with my heart like pounding in my chest as much. I used to drink into like 38, excuse me, 60 ounces of coffee a day. I'm more like tea now, okay. like green tea. So still lots of caffeine, uh-huh. just a different form. Okay. But I still, coffee is kind of like my true love and tea is like the neck, the, the one I'm settling for, if you want to put it that way. How about you? <laughs> uh, hot chocolate. Oh, okay. <laughs> but my wife recently got into kombucha. Yeah. And that's... Pretty tasty too. Yeah, I've okay. never had kombucha. It's, I see it everywhere, but I've never actually tried yeah, it. I guess it has black tea and herbal tea in it. I didn't realize it was tea in it. It kind of tastes a little bit like apple cider vinegar. That's what I hear. But is vinegar. Also apple cider vinegar. Oh, that's rough. I'm but, pretty sure there is apple cider vinegar like, in it, from what I understand. <laughs> probably eventually, because it ferments. Yeah. yeah it's, it's supposed to be really good for you. So. Kombucha podcast. It's a whole new thing. I just had bubble tea the other day for the first time. Oh, I was yeah, like, this is really interesting. I only had the smoothies with the tapioca in it. I love those. It was really cool. Uh, favorite food? It's a hard one. Um, I wasn't expecting to stump you guys on favorite food. Uh, pizza or burgers. Uh-huh. I'm pretty, I really like Thai food, too. There you go. <laughs> this is a very specific thing, but it's like my all-time favorite thing. It's from this very specific Thai food place in Nashville, New Hampshire, where I grew up, and it's still near where we live, and it's this, they know our name. We've been going there for over a decade. And it's called hot and crazy noodles, and it's like this wonderfully spicy dish. And when they know, when they hear my voice on the phone pick up, or they know, like, is this Marcy? Like, That's yes, like, fantastic. we'll have your order in thirty minutes. That's amazing. <laughs> They're so good. It's so uh, good. Um, okay, and then if you guys could have dinner with one person, alive or dead, who would you pick? Um, Jane Austen and Edgar Allan Poe. Jane Austen would be—it's a tie—would be amazing because she's hilarious, uh-huh. and I would love to like talk to her and get pick her sassy brain yeah and I want to know what would have happened to Edgar Allan Poe so I'd want to ask him how he died solve that mystery those are good I like that so I'm going to visit I'm going to go to that lunch too with Edgar Allan Poe <laughs> okay yeah. he's going to uh, join us yeah <laughs> and then uh, I like Johnny Cash I'm a huge fan oh, that's and a good one. I, one of my bigger regrets in life is not ever being able to see him perform yeah. so okay. and then last question for you guys what do you hope readers take away from reading Star Shepherd? 
think um, that's a really good question. I I like stories that have a sense of hope. Yeah. And and like Mark Skate said, a sense of heart. Like I just want people to be inspired that you know there's there's bad stuff out there. There's darkness, but you know you can you can fight your way through it, and you can you can. There's hope to be found even in the darkest times. Yeah. Might be cliche, but yeah. Yeah, I, I get the same, really. I mean, that's that's really it. I, what's, I want readers to love your book and to take something from it and for it to be as special to them as it is to you. That's kind of like the, the most wonderful and frightening thing about being an author is once it's published, it doesn't really belong to us anymore. It belongs to readers as well. Yeah. So hopefully they, they see themselves in Cairo and Andra and love it as well. Well, the best... The highest compliment I can pay to a book is that I read it like months ago and I can't stop thinking about it and that's 100% this book. So that's it's awesome. so good and I congratulations and yep. thank you for joining us today. Thank you, thank so you for much. having us. It's lovely to see you. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced recorded and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.